Over the last 200 years, Europe has experienced major progress in public health through the promotion of better hygiene. More recently, the coronavirus pandemic has pushed society even further down this road. While it goes without saying that hygiene advances have improved our health no end, could our quest for ever cleaner lives have a downside? Have we, for example, found the right balance between hygiene and nature? This is Armin Dancier with a new episode of the Green Deal podcast, where Euronet Plus journalists discuss the dangers of disinfecting and question the old adage that cleanliness is next to godliness. Katia Kurika, pharmacist and founder of an organic cosmetic brand, shares her unease about the hyperhygienism she sees in Portuguese society with Cristina from Radio Renascença. A higiene uh, deu-nos uh, muitos Hygiene has allowed great and undeniable progress. We have far fewer diseases, much lower mortality because we clean all surfaces. The places where we live are all clean. When we talk about excess, we have to consider if we really need to do so much. In other words, we have gone from a time when people had a bath once a week and there was no oral hygiene to another extreme entirely. There are people who take more than one bath a day. There are people who wash every day. There are people who wash their hair every day. And there are people who now brush their teeth every time they put something in their mouth. We need to understand that this can actually be excessive. Such excess can impact negatively in a variety of ways, including indeed on our health. We need bacteria says immunologist Dr. Nikola Karekov in an interview with our colleagues at Bulgarian National Radio. With the development of hygiene in civilized society, including in many developing nations, people are completely free of parasites. We do not have any. There is no such thing anywhere else in nature. Their absence causes an imbalance in our immune response. Our bodies are a bit like trees. Just as squirrels, birds and so on live in trees, different organisms, ones that we need, live in our body. We have to come to terms with this, as it is how we have evolved over tens of millions of years. Our obsession with sterility is wrong. And reasonable, as it does not take into account how our bodies and immune systems evolve. Our tendency to make disproportionate use of all types of hygiene products is also incompatible with the natural world around us, a point that Katarzyna Bilewska from Greenpeace Poland stresses to our colleague Kasia at Polskie Radio. Przede wszystkim trzeba sobie uświadomić skalę First of all, we need to realize the scale of the use of these agents. It is, of course, huge. In Poland, most of us use at least a dozen cosmetics at the same time. We buy about 16 different products and use them purely for cosmetic purposes. In addition, there's obviously the use of washing powder and detergents for dishwashing and cleaning. Of course, we're also talking about hand sanitizers which we got into the habit of using after the pandemic, which is in itself right and still worth doing. However, the extent to which we use these products and the associated consumer behaviour can and does put enormous pressure on the environment. Let's start with blue gold, commonly known as water. While our ancestors once avoided washing with water, wiping and using perfumes instead, 
we now rely on H2O for our personal and domestic hygiene. But it seems we have failed to find a balance between our need for hygiene and the responsible management of the world's resources. According to a report published at the end of April, human pressures have caused a large-scale disruption of the terrestrial precipitation, evaporation and soil moisture system, which is fundamental to our planet's dynamics. The experts call for a limit on how we use this so-called green water. In the EU, we merrily flush our toilets and clean our homes with fresh drinking water, yet a mere half a percent of Earth's water is accessible fresh water. And according to the World Meteorological Organization, there is one centimeter less of this fresh water on the planet every year. This is all the more striking when we consider the fact that more than half of the world's population has no access to safe sanitation. Our colleague Borut from Slovenian RTV Slow spoke to Michael Emerson Gnilo, a specialist charged with supporting UNICEF's water, sanitation and hygiene programs around the world. He explains that while sanitation should be promoted, it is imperative that we do not forget the value of water. It's important for us to promote water as a valuable resource, right? It's, even, in, even in countries where there are no current issues of water scarcity, I think it's important for um, everybody to have that behavior because it has an impact on other aspects like, you know, the cost of, of, of the water supply that you're paying for. Like, you know, you'll, you might have to ha pay higher prices, um, largely because in order for you to have that water supply running through your pipes, um, you have to have, you know, conveyance or the transport of that water around, the treatment of that water. And, you know, you have to abstract or like extract water from natural resources like in springs, lakes and aquifers. All of this kind of costs money because it costs energy and it costs time. So it has overall an impact back into the household where they might have to pay more money. Simona Rasale, communications manager at Lithuanian waste management organization Jaliasis Tashkas, finds that it is surprisingly easy to use less water, as she tells our colleague Yone from Žinio Radijas. There are very simple measures to save water. For example, you can only run the washing machine or dishwasher when it's full. Also, it's estimated that showering uses four times less water than having a bath, and rainwater is an excellent substitute for washing the car or watering the garden. These are basic measures that would really help to conserve water resources. Does everyone understand this? I don't know. I like to look at our grandparents. They were the ones who were most able to live sustainably. Of course, they did it mostly through deprivation. But you don't have to look far to find these rules of sustainability. Our grandparents' knowledge of sustainable living is sometimes better than that of the experts. They are often in a better position to advise us on making savings than the experts are. But water is not the only factor to consider here. Many of the products we use every day, including toothpaste, shampoo, deodorant and sunscreen are also considered essential to our health and well-being. Europe is a world leader in the personal hygiene and cosmetics industry, a sector that provides a significant number of jobs across the block. 
and with at least 1,600 ingredients banned, the EU's cosmetics regulations puts our products among the safest in the world for both human and environmental health. Its key aims include tackling endocrine disruptors and insoluble or bioperistent nanomaterials such as zinc oxide, titanium dioxide or carbon black. In June 2022, Brussels will conclude a consultation that seeks to improve existing provisions on several hazardous substances and their exceptional use in cosmetic products. The powers that be also want to simplify labeling and establish a more efficient process for the safety assessment of chemicals. Malou, a young woman of Congolese descent from the Belgian city of Liège, has just opened a shop selling products for afro and curly hair. She wanted to avoid the chemical components of the products usually used to straighten frizzy hair or to repair hair damage by straightening, but was unable to find any natural products that really worked in Belgium. So she looked further afield and launched her own shop, as she tells Miriam, our RTBF colleague. Straightening products can cause cancers and major issues with hormonal disruption. Now there is greater awareness, and many people have stopped using these products on their hair or their children's hair, or some people do it just on very small sections. Changing behavior takes time because you don't have the right products, accessories or advice, especially the advice, to know how to go back to basics. So I sell products and accessories that are adapted to people who have this type of hair and want to maintain it naturally. Indeed, organic cosmetics appear to be receiving a surge of interest, as Eunice Maya, owner of two organic shops in Portugal, told Renascenza's Cristina. The cosmetics department is very strong. Deodorants, solid shampoos. We also sell liquid shampoos in bulk from a brand that is zero mileage and biodynamically farmed. And that's also very popular. So I would say that cosmetics are definitely the most sought-after products outside the food sector. But the pursuit of home hygiene has been just as infectious as that of personal hygiene. And here too we often overdo it. Who hasn't seen those adverts with cheerful domestic goddesses wiping a surface until it's gleaming? Detergents and disinfectants impact on the environment by harming healthy and essential microorganisms, which can lead to the collapse of Mother Nature's biological cleaning system. Vera Dincheva, a member of the Zero Waste community in Bulgaria and co-owner of a company for ecological cleaning products, explained the scale of the problem to BNR. I can quote a 2020 statistic from the National Statistical Institute. In that year, 100 million kilograms of cleaning and laundry detergents were sold in Bulgaria. Imagine 100 kilograms and multiply this by 1 million. This means that there are huge quantities of ingredients entering our homes and, therefore, ending up in the groundwater. Kukuradios Mertz in Estonia talked to Katarina Papp, a blogger on the environmental Ökopere blog. She insists that natural products do offer a real alternative. I would say that less is more in terms of cosmetics or household chemicals. 
At one point I started reading what is inside the bottles in the shops or at home and it made my head explode. I would say that if you cannot pronounce the ingredient, then you shouldn't use it. Even in products that are meant for babies or people with allergies, there are still ingredients that are not recommended. And in the end, I realized that I do not need those products. I can use coconut oil and only put things on my skin that I would put in my mouth. I do not need a no-tears shampoo for my children when water on its own is enough. The pandemic understandably gave our desire for hygiene an added boost. Fear drove us to use excessive quantities of hand sanitizer, for example. And this, says Matteo Guidotti, a chemist at the National Research Council in Milan, has had a significant environmental impact. He tells Giulia at Radio 24 that our health anxieties may have served to increase the environmental anxieties to come. Certamente, soprattutto nella fase iniziale, nella primavera ed estate 2020, many municipalities and public entities, especially in the first phase of the pandemic, during the spring and summer of 2020, went overboard in the use of disinfectants and sanitizers, even in the open air, under pressure from the population. And the excessive use of sanitizers and disinfectants can lead to the formation of compounds, especially organic chlorine compounds, which are very toxic to humans and the environment, even in the long term. And now, in 2021 and 2022, we're monitoring how many of these harmful compounds residues are still present in the environment and in urban areas. This is especially the case in Chinese cities where we saw, in the first phase of the pandemic, huge amounts of liquid disinfectants spread liberally all over the urban territory. Guidotti goes on to explain that studies concluded by the National Research Council found that the wooden plastic and metal parts of ambulances had corroded after just a few months of the pandemic. We have talked a lot about substances based on active oxygen, not active chloride, but oxygen, like hydrogen peroxide. This is certainly one of the most interesting approaches because hydrogen peroxide, even when used in excess, decomposes into normal water and oxygen and therefore has less of an impact than chlorine-based sanitizers. But we should still be careful because ozone is often a feature of these substances. And while ozone is a cousin of oxygen and is found in the atmosphere, it's extremely reactive and can affect human airways in much the same way it affects a pathogen. It affects both organic and inorganic matter. And finally, there is the not insignificant matter of how all these cleaning and personal hygiene products are packaged and what happens to this packaging. With Europe still producing more than its fair share of waste, we really must up our efforts. Simona Rasale tells Junior Adias. As for packaging, we cannot avoid it completely. This applies to all sectors, not just hygiene. As consumers, it is our most basic responsibility to ensure that packaging goes where it needs to go for recycling. So is it possible to have a clean house, a clean body and a clean conscience? Maybe it is, but only up to a point. 
the message seems to be that if we want to clean up our environmental act, we may need to stop cleaning everything else with quite so much further. That's the end, but thanks for listening. Meet again soon with a new episode of the Green Deal podcast. <laughs>